0: welcome to another episode of pop law i am your host desiree
1: and i'm tyrone
0: and we are not
1: your attorneys.
0: We have another special guest episode for you guys. Tyrone, why don't you introduce our special guest?
1: Yes, we are keeping it all in the Viacom family today. So we have with us Jamar Daniel, and he is vice president and senior counsel in Viacom's business and legal affairs production content review group. Before joining Viacom, he was a member of BET's business and legal affairs team for four years. Jamar is a graduate of American University's Washington College of Law and is a lover of limited-run sneakers, the New York Knicks, poor thing, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) obnoxiously percussive music. And without further ado, welcome Jamar Daniel. Hey, man. Thank y'all for having me. And just to um, give a... I guess a postlude, postscript to that, that was a very short introduction because we're actually going to talk about Jamar's journey on his career today and sort of how he got into being in-house counsel. Because both Desiree and I, know Desiree, we've gotten tons of questions about yeah. how do you get where you are and how do I get a foot in the industry? and. This is you need to bookmark this episode. This is the one where we talk about that because we haven't talked about this. So on the how show do
0: you before. become an entertainment <laughs> lawyer? That is, is the it. question uh, uh, we are uh, uh, This is the big
1: one. I'm gonna <laughs> let you know like, we po- we'll maybe allude to this later on episodes, but like, this is the one where we're gonna dive into it. So, you better listen up.
2: That's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a lot of knowledge, yeah, year, Jamar. Hey, look, I'll, I'll take it, but I hopefully I could impart some uh wisdom and uh, or. I at least have some stories that people laugh at if find funny.
0: So, and- yes, let us know from American, uh, your law school. How did you get your first entertainment job and what was it?
2: Yeah, so when I went to law school, I, uh, I actually went to law school first. Um, let, me, let me take a step back. Yeah. I actually decided to go to law school because um, I didn't have a plan as, what, as to what I wanted to really do after college. But I knew that um, law school was a great place to develop skills that could be useful, um, whether you want to actually practice law or go, mm-hmm. um, go into business or do or, or or any type of community, like real community service work. You know, I was always into music. I was always into entertainment, big consumer, all of those uh, mediums. But never really, uh, I, I always, my dream job was being an A&R at Def Jam. Um, yes, but uh, unfortunately, um, you know, that wasn't in the cards, uh, <laughs> but I always, you know, um, you know, again, I was always a fan of the music and the art, but never thought that I was, at, at some point I realized that was a pipe dream and that wasn't going to happen, but wanted to do something serious, do something meaningful, and I figured, you know, law school, again, is a, is a good place to get the, the skill, develop a skill set that would be helpful to do something meaningful in the community, right, regardless right. of what it is. Went to, end up going an American. I I guess somewhere in between the time I got ready for law school and actually started law school, I developed an interest in real estate. Oh, and yeah, like really, I mean, my mom's own, my mom inherited a building from my grandparents. And so I've been helping her manage that building. And I, I use manage lightly, because if she hears it, she's gonna be <laughs> like, that boy ain't really do that. But I've been helping her um, since I was a kid. And so I was wow. always fascinated with the idea of like, you know, managing um, buildings and, um, and and the idea of um, generating wealth from real estate as a passive um, investor. So it sounds
0: it. like Jamar's my <laughs> new best friend yeah. because yeah. Yeah. I mentioned on this podcast multiple times. how yes, I'm an entertainment lawyer, but I'm learning real estate law mm. and want to become a real estate investor. So. Yes, welcome my new bestie again. <laughs> well,
1: and also, Jamar, so what you're saying is you were doing this pre-going to law school. Right. And so how did that influence what you were going to do with your law degree? And, yeah. you know, if you wanted to study real estate, like if you could study that.
2: No, right? no, that that was that was my intention. I guess, one, I started, um, I still kind of went in without an idea what I wanted to do. I wanted to go on open-minded. Right. Um, I, I knew for some reason I was like community economic development was the thing that I wanted mm-hmm. for me community economic development involved real estate in some capacity mm-hmm. renting or developing real estate where the community could use it for their you know for their benefit and without being gouged by people who don't live within the community uh-huh. and for me I was like the best thing that I could learn is real estate development and finance and transactions understanding that world so I think it was two L my second year of law school. There was a class real estate, real estate finance, and transactions, and development. Mm. And that's when I was like, "Damn, I want to be a developer." Yeah, yeah. And I started like, started like tapping into the developers in New York. One of my um, frat brothers is a prominent attorney who works with a lot of developers. He was like the general counsel for Thor Equities. I don't know if you Yeah, I know Thor. So he's a general, general counsel for developer in Equities. New York. Yeah, he was their first general counsel. Wow. So he knows, like, the owners and all that. So through him, I met a whole bunch of, like, African-American developers in New York. And I was like, awesome. you guys exist? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I was in a meeting. He invited me to the meeting. And I'm, like, sitting with people who own millions of dollars of developments and properties throughout the city. Like, I'm not just talking about, like, Queens or sometimes, you know, in Brooklyn, not, not, no, no disrespect to the outer boroughs, but like Manhattan, like, Mm -hmm, you know, where it's like, that's the crown jewel of real estate in the United States, in my mind. So these brothers and sisters owning it and you would never see, you would never know. You know what I mean? like, So for me, I was like, I was, after that, I was like, oh God, I gotta be a part of this. (laughs) And so I guess I went back to school. I think this was like, so this is like around the time I was taking the class, the real estate finance development class. And I was like, "Yo, I gotta find an internship in this world." Look, I, I found black developers in DC. I applied. I, I straight up emailed the, the dudes. Two brothers. It's Ellis Brother Development, I think. I emailed them. I was like, "Look, here's my resume. I'm interested in this. I would love to work for y'all." They were like, "Cool. Come whenever you can meet with us. Just come down and talk to us. Like, we love mm-hmm. to meet you." And I was like, "Oh, that's what's up." Yeah. And for I guess. This must have been like divine. I mean, I don't know. I I can't even call it a divine intervention because I think either path I would have went that would have been like great. But I had a friend Danielle Combs. Shout out to Danielle Combs. She's from L.A. She ain't from okay. Bay. She's from L.A. Cali Cali, love. <laughs> I get mad. I got so much love for my people in Cali. Like they they really looked out for me in my life. So I always got a, Cali always got a special place in my heart. But she was working at BT as an intern. Okay. Um, her. Fall of uh, fall semester of our two L year, she was like, "Look, I did this internship. It's paid. It's dope. Let me know if you're interested." And I was like, "Hell yeah! It's BT, like yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's paid. Like, come on, yo! Like, and I didn't think I was gonna get it. So, but I, I was, you know, sometimes when you have something in your back pocket, yeah, I knew these. It was a small shot they had to the develop themselves. No, just like I felt that I, I was gonna be able to do that work, right. yeah, and get the development skills. I was like." am they might as well call me the third Ellis brother. You know what <laughs> I'm mean? saying? But um she gave um she she gave me the contact information, she gave me Damien's information. So okay. I in. So I, I sent my, my resume and they called me in. I got to interview with Damien Alexander, it's my guy still to this day. Donna Cooper, obviously, uh amazing. Head of the, she was the head of the, the Stames and Practice Group. She was deputy general counsel, I think, at the time. Yeah. Lawrence Lawrence Cooper. Marcus, I interviewed, I did the whole gamut. So I interviewed with all of them. I think I even interviewed with Josh.
0: And these are all Viacom? Vi, these are all
2: BT, BT, and, uh, BT okay. attorneys. This is one like BT. Was separate? This is prior, this okay. is before they got absorbed by um, Viacom. Okay. The, the company, and this
1: so. was position was for specifically for standards and practices Nah, this, no? So
2: this was like a general um, internship. Okay. And so they were just building out the standards and practices group that was Donna's project that summer so I was privy to some of the conversations and I actually did like some of the early work there in mm-hmm. standard the standards, like reviewing like videos and movies. So it was
0: and a legal internship. It was a legal, okay. yeah, it was a legal. General illegal, legal internship, yeah. okay. And the
2: thing is with BET, which I find like is dope and and I really credit a lot of um, this training to you know my ability to, I mean, actually to where I am right now is that there was um, the ability to do, run the spectrum. So I would draft contracts. I would work on um, licensing, so I learned the game like literally inside out, like starting that summer. So I was doing like sync licensing, teams, mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. what I mean, master sync, like just like and these things are things in theory I understood, but like to actually see it on paper yeah. and see money attached to it, I was like, oh wow, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that. I was um, drafting agreements, like below the line agreements, you know, vendor agreements, and you know doing working on um you know early standards and practices type um work where I would review um review movies that we've acquired or were like um we were um licensed um that and that was going to air so I was touching on all the different components of business and legal affairs at the time.
1: And you were an intern just to be clear.
2: I was an intern. I was a, I was an intern. I was soaking it up. I would be there on Saturdays. Like I mean p- partly is because I was trying to get away from the girl I was dating at the time. Jeez, but like literally I was there Saturdays because and I to be completely honest, I wasn't the best law student. Right. Um, not because I don't feel like I had the skill. It's just I just I don't move unless I really have to move. Yeah. Right. And I feel like if something don't really move me from my heart, I ain't gonna really work. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's and that's and that's to be completely honest. And that's been my that's been me forever. And my wife could attest to that, <laughs> you know. But that's been me forever. But for some reason, I was like, "Yo, this is a great opportunity." And I just dug the work. I just I was just so happy to have a desk with a computer like <laughs> there for my purposes and have yeah. like being able to go through contracts like line by line and then getting it redlined, like tore up. Torah right, right. and just being like just and just being like, man, okay. Um I'm humbled.
0: So this internship it was two oh year.
2: This was two L year. So, this is a summer between two L and three L year.
0: So, did you have any internships? Three L year.
2: BET. BET, I stayed Stay there. there. I stayed there. So, um, I graduated a semester early. Okay. I, gra- oh, I graduated. Wow. <laughs> so graduated. clearly, I didn't do. Clearly, they just let me through. But I graduated a semester early. Um, oh. and that's a long story to read. I took a lot of credits between. I took took an externship my one L year. I was clerking at the. Um, and what is an
0: externship?
2: It's a, it's like a fancy internship. I guess they give you <laughs> they give you course credit. You don't get paid, but you get course credit. Okay. So essentially, you paying them to, to work. So I was doing that. I was working in the Southern district in New York. I was clerking for. Um, oh, so you doing SDNY? I did. No, I, my bad. Eastern District in New York. Right. Yeah. I was I say did. SDNY. No, that's that's heavy. <laughs> that's Eastern District, and I say this Eastern District in New York. It changed me. It helped me because right. the experience was with the Honorable Judge Johnson, Sterling Judge Johnson, who right. is a giant in my mind, legally. He was just like the man. I had no real interest in criminal law, but he was like my godfather, essentially. Like, wow. I didn't walk into law school with confidence, and I certainly have to give him like, my first, my 1L grades. <laughs> yeah, I was just yeah. like, it didn't help it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It. Yeah. it didn't help it, but I was blessed enough to meet enough people who could help me actually get... That internship, that opportunity, right? To build with Judge Johnson. So, I mean, I was drafting um, 7K letters. I was reading 7K letters, understanding the thought process that goes behind sentencing people, right? Yeah. And learning. And one of the things that he did, and I am eternally grateful for for him for this, is that he made it a point to say, "Look, you guys are reading all these sentencing memos, and you guys are going. We're actually going. We were actually in the courtroom." seeing Mm -hmm. people getting sentenced Mm -hmm. and being like, so I'd read the sentence memo and it's like abstract. It's like, okay, whatever. This is like reading case law. Then actually seeing the people that I read and seeing them plead, you know what I'm saying? And and hearing their sentences and just like seeing their family, I was like, whoa, it's seeing the US Marshals behind them. Like this is real. Yeah. And so what he did was he was like, look, not only am I going to give you this opportunity to see this, like. I want you to see where they go, so he sent us. Uh, he took he he arranged a trip for us to MDC, um, mm-hmm. and we got to go to MDC. And I said, "Yo."
0: And what is that?
2: This is um I. A jail. It's a, it jail, a jail. It's a jail. I'm sorry, I don't know the the actual. Yeah, but it's a. Jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's a jail. Um, it's a federal jail. It's okay. Like a, yeah, so I believe if you're sentenced or if you're um if you are going to stay in trial and having been posted bail, you will be placed in MDC if you're okay. in the Eastern District of New York, and maybe even Southern District of New York. It's in Brooklyn. Man, it's like I went in there. I was like, God, dog. Like one, I don't want to commit no crimes. Like this is, this is. <laughs> right. I was, if I ever had an idea, if I was ever still on the fence at that point, like I was like, Nah, this is it. I'm done. But um, you know, just seeing that and what's the most bugged out thing is I remember reading a memo and just giving a suggestion as to what I thought. He asked what I thought that we should sentence this woman. I saw her. I saw one of the women that I sentenced. Or not, I didn't sentence, but but he read, he took the memo. He gave her the time. I saw her and she was waving at me. I said, yo, this is crazy. I don't want to, like, I, I can't live with that. Yeah. I I knew at that point. I mean, I, if I ever had a question as to whether I wanted to do criminal law or, or be right. a uh, a USA or a clerk, um, I couldn't do it. It wasn't for me. And I think like maybe it's like I know people who are passionate who are good at doing stuff like that, but that wasn't me.
1: So uh, what did you take away know. from that experience? That sort of helped you make the decisions to you know continue on down this entertainment route after, because you had yeah. this great experience at BET, yeah. and it sounds like this externship was, you know, really informative yeah. and, um, you know, affected you in a certain way. So what did that, what did you take away from that to sort of be like, okay, this is the path I want to go down now?
2: You know what, yo, I I, I wish I could be like, I had a light bulb moment at, the, at that time, but right. I didn't. I feel like it helped mature me by seeing someone I admired that looked like me okay. in a place mm-hmm. where he wasn't supposed to be. And for me, I think that was like, damn. So to be completely honest, I loved reading growing up. I always like, that was my thing. I was fast, like always had a book in my hand, always trying to read the paper or whatever. But I was even more motivated to know more than people who thought I should not have been there.
1: Right. Yeah. That's an
2: unintended Benefit yeah. of doing that because I knew people were like, What's he doing here? You know what I'm saying? So I had to prove myself, but I also got an opportunity to talk to a federal judge, one of the first black federal judges in the Eastern District. I think it's not the first, all the time. Right. And not just about law, like but family life. He'd ask yeah. me about my, I brought my mom in there. She almost cried. Like she couldn't believe that I made it, like that I was doing this. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That was in a federal court. I was like, as a clerk and law student she couldn't have been more proud and he was he didn't he he liked me but he was like you know picking me <laughs> up in front of my mom but i was like yo thank you thank like so that made her day like um if there's anything i i could say i do this for it's obviously my 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 wife but my mom my mother because she was a single mother she raised me and my sister mm-hmm. i haven't been in jail Um, i haven't been in prison you know what i'm saying like so for her to see that that was dope and i think for me, it kind of let me know that God is real, <laughs> and that, uh, mm-hmm. and that I feel like you know that maybe there's something, maybe there's something to this legal stuff. Um, maybe it's not this, but maybe there's an opportunity down the road. There are, there were definitely people like Judge Johnson in my life that PT Daryl Walker, another guy. So is that
1: was that your connection? So what what was next for you then after the externship? How did you make yeah. the connection to go from? Ex- yeah.
2: Real estate,
0: criminal externship, yeah. Yeah. entertainment experience, yeah. first job out of law school. Yeah. So,
2: it, yeah, no, I know it's like very, um, it's definitely not a, a straight line and nothing in my life. And you can tell by the stories I tell, there's nothing straight, there's not straight line. <laughs> I don't think anybody yeah. is, but we yeah. all are engaged <laughs> yeah. and listening. Yeah. So I guess um, I use that. I use that as leverage. Right, the okay. fact that I got that internship, they were like, "Oh my, he must be heavy." You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, <laughs> so little did they know I wasn't as heavy as they probably thought I was, but they, it looked Can good you on explain paper. Explain to
0: the people what heavy means. That is a New York yeah. term, right?
2: Yeah, I guess I, Yeah, heavy, yeah, <laughs> heavy. I mean, in my mind, heavy means like he's a serious person. This, this, this is this is the, he's the he's that deal. Like, he's, I actually like shot. a real deal. He's I actually
0: because um, a couple of months ago. Nicki Minaj started using heavy a lot oh, on really? Instagram and Twitter, and so people were going crazy. Like, what does heavy mean? People were trying to Google it, and no one would really say. Yeah. They were like, "You have to be from New York." So oh, we nah. have a New Yorker telling you what Listen, heavy. I means. don't want
2: Nikki I don't want any of her, the Barbies <laughs> coming after. Don't me. even say their name. Yeah, but you yeah. say their
1: name three times, they pop. It oh up yeah. I right, yes yeah.
2: so <laughs> I yeah. But let me tell. You, I I got it from actually Quincy Jones. I watched that, that documentary the documentary on. Okay, like, he, we need to talk about that. Now. He because I have a lot of feelings on that. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's like, that's when I, and he's like, I'm, and, and that's perfect, that's actually perfect. He's like, so Judge Johnson, let me go, let me take a little step back to right. Judge Johnson about that externship. One thing that I did learn that stays with me forever, that will never leave me is that, and I hope I'm not misspeak, telling, telling the story and any of his family members that's listening, I mean this with all due respect and I have the utmost respect for you, um Judge Johnson. He apparently was a police officer when he was at law school, oh, back wow. in the early '60s. Um, in law school, with five kids,
1: who
2: five kids working the night shift, and in bed style. Oh, so when guess, it was in, in, do
0: or die. When it was when it was like for, for <laughs> real do <laughs> or
2: die. Like this is like before yeah. gentrification. Bef- oh, yo, I'm telling you, like he was, t- and he, the stories he had were like crazy. But he was off police officer working night. Going to school during the day, five kids,
0: Wow, five
2: kids. And I, I told I was like, I was complaining about something. And then I sat and thought, I was like, am I going to really have any real complaints? How could I build with this dude when I'm complaining about mm-hmm. minor, but he never made me feel like that. He would, I'll, I'll tell him, like, look, as a black man who still feels that I am, I'm six foot six. Man. Yes,
1: Jamar is very sweet. He, I think he's by far our tallest yeah. guest.
0: He mentioned his wife yeah. multiple times, so don't DM us. Don't
1: try it. <laughs> don't try it. Once you see the picture go up, I'm sure you will. But no. He ain't even on social like that.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I like to keep it real low key. But I, as a big, as a black man initially, as soon as you walk in a room, the last thing people want to think I'm a lawyer Right, so right. when I come into school, they're automatic. I don't sound like any of those dudes. I no. don't speak. I don't try. I I used to try to speak like that, but then I just was like, I've had people who in my life who mean a lot to me and who I really respect and who are monsters in this game. Tell me, like, why are you be Cold you switching? Yeah, be yes. They yes. were like, be you. Like, and and one and one thing I, I I have to say about Viacom is like, there really isn't a need to do that. But um, you know, one thing I learned, I was I told him I was like, look, I. I can't do this and, and you know, people, they're not uh, you know, they're not receptive to me. And I'm not trying to really learn. I mean, I'm trying to learn, but I'm not feeling like they are um, you know, I feel like people are judging me. And he would listen. He would sit and listen and he would tell me, like, look, I knew how you felt. I was the only black dude in school. I was like, Well, I got a whole bunch of black friends at school. <laughs> so I was like, But he never made me feel like, you know, I'm I'm not really, um, I don't my problems aren't real. Yeah. You know, and he listened and I got strength through his story. Seems like it was very
1: formative on you. Yeah. So you took that experience from him and then yeah. how did you sort of parlay that into like this next experience at B E T. So what so, was yeah. like how did you bridge the gap from coming
2: out of that? So again, yeah, so that that on my resume was right. like I think a foot in the door. Uh-huh. Um I don't think I don't think a lot of people have that Res, that that kind of experience. Like uh-huh. I think a lot of the kids that I went to school with, either worked for nonprofits, they one L year, uh, the summer between one um, L and two L year, or they were summer associates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people get clerkships. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was a good look. Right. I think um, you know that on my resume got me in the door. Once I started talking to people, and I feel like the confidence that I've gained from having that on my resume was you know was invaluable. I think it was like one of the first things I was like, yo, you know, they can say whatever they want to say about me, but I have this and you don't have that.
1: Right. And so yeah. let's tell the people too exactly what were you interviewing? Like, cause I want people to know mm-hmm. where you started, mm-hmm. like when you first got out of law school and then we'll talk about how you ended up where you are yeah. because it's, yeah. it's a pretty like fascinating story. It's not Absolutely. one you hear a lot of times. Absolutely. So what is the position you were interviewing for? When I was in, as an
2: intern or after, I, I after my law internship? School. First job okay. law school. Okay. So after um law school, I guess I graduated a semester early. So I graduated December 2010 and I didn't have a plan. I was actually dating uh, a woman at the time that I was planning on moving to California with. Oh. So I was good. The plan was, was to take. The New York bar in February and the Cali oh bar in July. July. Yes, at the time you were living in D.C.? the time I was living in D.C. Wow. And we broke up right before my 3L year. But lo and behold, it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Don't say it. it. Was I think two, it worked it was, out. It worked out, right? There's two <laughs> blessings in disguise. I got to save some money. And I was like, look, I'm just going to take the New York bar. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens. So I took the New York bar, and I was like, "If there's an opportunity in California, I could just take the Cali bar." But my goal was just to take the New York bar. So I graduated the December 10. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the New York bar." I took the New York bar. Um, I prepared for it. I was in DC. It was like the loneliest shit ever. Mm. Like. I mean, I was, but I was locked in.
1: Clark exam, like, yeah. Lord, I listened, had a similar experience in Cleveland. Yeah. I was like,
2: I'm leaving. here. Well, I was in yeah. New York and lonely.
0: <laughs> you know, New York summers are amazing, and I had to be in That's, this hot ass apartment. And
2: that was my motivation. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I do not want to have to take this shit again. I want to enjoy New York summer as a <laughs> professional. So I was like, I'm yeah, a the single. Right idea. I'm single. I'm I'm ready to mingle, and I got, and I'm a jade and I'm I about to go. JD? And I got JD, and I passed the bar. I was that was my goal. I so I I locked in. There was like there were nights where I was the only person in the school that I was studying for the New York. There was me and this. Um, uh, I don't even know if you would call him an exchange student in law mm-hmm. school, but it was a, It was a student from it's like international student. Yeah, yeah, it was an yeah, international like student doing the LLN program. Exactly, yeah. exactly, taking the, studying for the New York bar. So we. I don't think English was their first language or right. second language, so there right. was there was no way that we 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 could, could really communicate. So it was just really me on my own, and um, I was studying day and night. I didn't. I took like one or two breaks. Um, one day, I took one day off. Mm-hmm. My, and did my you friend's use mother. A,
1: a course. I took, did you um, I took Kaplan. I took okay. Kaplan. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. I needed that structure, and it got to the point where I was like. I was so zeroed in and uh my friend's mom, she's an attorney as well. My friend is my friend from my boy Josiah Young from law school. He's he's actually in Sacramento right now. All right. Shout out to Joe. His daughter uh was born, uh, his daughter Morgan was born in um February, right before like two weeks before the bar. His mom saw me and I came to the hospital. I went to the hospital to go check yeah. like Sarah Hammond's daughter. Um, daughter's beautiful, healthy and you know, all that. She was like, You studying for the bar? I was like, Yeah She was like you need some time off. I probably was looking rough. <laughs> so I took, I took a day off. I went up to my, um. it just so happened that, actually this was January. So it just so happened that I had um uh, an alumni game. I played college ball at um, McDaniel College. So I went up, so I was like, you know what, let me just go up there. And I drove up there, I played ball, I was with my boys, it felt good. I was like, I needed this. Yeah. Then, I went, then I jumped right back in. But um, that was an experience, man, and that I got stories I'll share with my kids at some point because I'll be like, I, it was like one of those stories, like literally there was a um blizzard. This is how I knew I was going to pass the bar, by the way. Yeah. There was a blizzard, and it was at least four or five feet of snow that shut DC down, and yeah. I was like, God, dog, like I'm trying to get back because I took the bus, and I'm like, I'm trying to get back to my apartment so I can finish my lecture, and then the bus it just had to stop in the middle of the street. It was like, we can't take any far. Everybody got to get off of here. Oh God. I can't even I a, <laughs> wait on a
0: bus. In the I had a
2: three mile walk. Oh my God. I kid God. you not. Three mile walk in blizzard conditions. And I'm, the whole time I'm listening to music. I'm like, I got to power through this. And then I'm like, sweat. I'm tired. Only thing that was open was the McDonald's right next to me. Just so <laughs> I didn't go. I went to the McDonald's. Yeah. I took a, a warm, a hot shower. And I was like, let me just put this lecture on. And then I was like I was talking to God. I, I, I have a. I, I believe I have a good relationship with God, and I, and I, that's what sustained me through some really tough times. Yeah. But um, I was like, man, if I don't pass this, I don't know. <laughs> I just had a feeling at that point. I was like, because I felt like God I was like, man, this boy, he's working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I took the bar. I passed it. Thank God on the first try. So you know, there's a period between when you take the bar and when you get the results. The and most
0: agonizing like, time yeah, of your life. It
2: is You're just cool. like, it's like it's purgatory. Three or four Limbo, yo. Like yeah. I, I don't know how people do it. I, they got to <laughs> change it because that's just torture. Yeah. Um, you just want to know. So in the in the meantime, I was um, I linked up with um she was a general counsel at Dada Entertainment, which was like an Italian ringtone company. Hmm. I'm huh. I'm dating myself. So, like, these are <laughs> ringtones. These are, ring tones. These are like, huh. the, some listeners are probably like, what is a ringtone? So, you got this, I got you the got the this ring connection tone. to ringtone through Tanya. Yeah, she, it was a part. Yo, know, I really wish I could remember how I got connected to Tanya, but it was through a mutual friend who was part of an organization called um, Be Well. Oh, Sharice okay. Lawson. Oh,
1: Sharice, yes. Of
2: course. Sharice. Sharice Lawson, who was like one of. My personal mentors, who I consider a big sister in the game, she's mm-hmm. at um, uh, she's at BT. I'm one of the best lawyers you ever meet. Yeah. Brilliant woman, just meticulous with her, with her with her craft. Oh, she's she the is. person who taught me how to dra- a draft. So, draft what is this position
1: you're actually doing at the time?
2: So, this was like a fellowship position. So, I was working um, through. So, I was working with Tiny again, and we were Tiny Bridges. Tiny okay. Bridges. Okay. So we was, I was working with her. She was the general counsel of Dada, and so everything I'm talking about lease lease agreements. She let me see. Mm-hmm. So she was everything. So she would do their leases. She would do, um, you know, the like the sync agreements, mm-hmm. licensing deals, just everything that you could think of that this company does, and they 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 are brokered ringtones. They had licensed deals with um with uh with, with publishing houses mm-hmm. you know i would see like agreements with ascap and bmi i wish i i'm blanking on um the kind of agreements that i would look at but but like the full to,
1: gamut of like music agreements basically yeah to like that was my
2: indoctrination in music yeah. man like that was for real i you know obviously um i'm i'm i would consider myself more of a tv person
1: right that's yeah. where
2: i was raised in tv but you know i was able to I think it was a beautiful time period. It was like four or five months where I was just like, literally, and, and shout out to Tiny because she was like, it was unpaid, but she got me a stipend, so I was able to get back and forth to the LiWR. I was living at home with my mom's. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but but I was happy. I had enough to buy lunch. So my fellowship with Tiny ended. Uh, I think like June. Mm-hmm. So I took some time off. I was like, look. I, I, I'm gonna, I want to go just kick it. Just need some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually made a little extra cash. I was doing like doc review for a little bit like in um, South Carolina. I was like, fuck, I, I just wanted to hang out. Oh, wow. In South kicking. Carolina. So South Carolina. <laughs> I mean, was an My boy went out there and I was like, yeah, I'm going to kick out. I've never been to South Carolina. And I was like, I might as well make, you know, I can make a little money and then yeah. I can hang out with people. I had a blast in South Carolina. Like South Carolina, I love
0: so Jamar, how did you get back from partying in South Carolina during this break to being back in New York?
2: South Carolina was dope because it was also a time where I was able to, um, it, was a, it was an opportunity to, to reflect as far as what I wanted to do and kind of regroup. It was, a, it was really a whirlwind from passing the bar, um, working a fellowship to law school, and I really hadn't really sat down with myself since breaking up with the person I was dating for, for like three years and then I was able to kind of think what was the next plan. It was me for real just thinking like, yo, like how do I want to improve as a person, as a, as a professional, as a, mm-hmm. as a as a man, as a just, I just felt it was a, it was an intense period of growth. I was, I was partying, but at the same time, I was very disciplined with um, exercise and just different other other aspects of my life, and I was trying to get my life together and try to formulate a plan. Mm-hmm. And I was praying heavy, 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 heavy. So one thing I did was I stayed in touch with Donna Cooper. I was just looking looking for an opportunity on um, just like I was on Viacom website or the BET website or something, and I saw the position um, for the standing practices coordinator. So I sent a sent an email, long long email to Donna. <laughs> it was like South it was like Thursday night in in like Columbia, South Carolina. I was like by myself. I didn't know if my <laughs> laptop, whatever. Wrote a long email, sent her my resume. Clearly she had my resume, but maybe she didn't, whatever. But I figured that, you know, it was worth a try. Um I didn't hear back from her for like two weeks. Um so I go back to New York. I'm just kicking it, still taking some time to myself, just in my mom's crib. And um, I got an email back, and it's Donna. She's like, "Oh my God! Like, I, you know, I'm so glad that you saw this role. Like, um, it's funny because I was really working with her. I mean, she was she had this inform and she had this plan about this group well before I, I was an intern. Mm-hmm. But I was really involved with it at, at an early stage, and um, it just so happened that I applied, and then she was like, "Yo, like." Stephanie Carver, who I actually met uh, in D.C. right before my internship ended, and Stephanie was involved in the group at an early stage as well, mm-hmm. and she was like, you get an interview with Stephanie Carver? Well, it was a Friday, and I, I can't remember the date exactly, but um, it, was, it had to be September, late September, so um, I'm like, all right, cool, interview Stephanie, and at this point, I'm interviewing I'm like, this lady is probably the coolest person that... Um, I met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a long time. Stephanie's dope. There has to be a whole segment for Stephanie, but um, <laughs> shout out to Stephanie. I oh, know she listens. Hey, no, I'm, she's gonna listen to this. I mean, it's you and me on this podcast. So she <laughs> listen, yeah, but it, it was it was really dope that um, you know, I, I interned with her. We had a great conversation. I just clicked. I felt like this person is amazing. Like I, I really want to work with her. I think she has so many cool ideas and I just like she has really awesome energy and I interviewed and when I left I get a call back from Stephanie she was like hey we want to offer you the job same day wow awesome so that that was that was dope you know what I'm saying yeah. like you don't really expect that and um I say that because it's like one of those pleasant surprises that you know you 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 expect to wait a little bit and yeah. do that whole dance but it was a blessing because it wasn't like something I had to wait for. I don't even think, I, I think I started the, maybe not the, that week, but the following week. You know what I'm saying? So that was, it, 2000, that was 2011. That was a huge, huge year for me. So I, I started working at BT October 11, 2011. I, I meet my wife the same week I started my first job. Wow. She's been there since day one, since wow. I started at BT, So it's never been like, she's been there since day one. So in this
1: position that you were hired for, it wasn't explicitly an attorney role.
2: Nah, it was so. That's that's a beautiful and I, and I hope we really should expand on this. But it, it was a quasi legal role. So so the standard practices group at BT just so happened to be um, headed by an attorney and staffed by another attorney. And there was Dion Jones who shout out to Deion who still who still at BT in their um, standards. Oh. Set Viacom standards now. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. Um, she's mm-hmm. not an attorney, but um, we all did the same work. But there was also a component of reviewing for like defamation, potential defamation, and yeah. false light, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the stuff that you would see a lot, like um, you know, soft torts. You know what I mean? Like that would yeah. happen in television. And
1: was that um, sort of communicated to you when you saw the role or was that in the description of the role? Because nah, I sort of want to like, yeah. I want people to right see on that? Yeah. like how yeah. that first role, it wasn't necessarily legal in nature, yeah. but yeah. you saw how you could flip it and yeah. you can make it into something that could really be meaningful for your resume and your yeah. career and, you know, potentially push it to where you can make it into, into a
2: legal role. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would say that, it was really um, it was it was a standard. So there was the standards component. So for those who are listening and don't know. So S and P is standards and practices. It's more like a uh, a brand uh, quality control job. It's like brand standards. So if the brand is Nickelodeon or let's say a a, a children's network, you want to make sure the programming is in line with what the brand ideally is the brand wants to communicate to viewers and advertisers. Mm -hmm. And so we make sure that there are standards established and we'll review content to make sure it's in line with that. With that, I feel especially at BET because there wasn't a specific legal group that would do legal review for it, would watch it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? We were tasked with identifying legal issues. So that wasn't necessarily a part of the, um, I would say the the um, the job posting, but because we were attorneys and because we were uniquely qualified mm-hmm. to review it, that was that started to become part part of it. It wasn't like it wasn't like the bulk of the job, right. but there were also there were times where I would I would flag. There were like I would review like a, a news program, and they were talking about um, someone uh, allegedly molested somebody. You know what I mean? Or someone from a specific mm-hmm. community. And they had a stock image of uh, that person from, uh, or or, or of, of a person of that community. Right. And I'd be like, this person's face is showing, like, or, you know, do is this this person? Can we corroborate that? So there was PCR right. aspects of the job where there was legal analysis, but um that wasn't the bulk of the job and mm-hmm. and you know obviously Tyrone can speak this because he was an intern there he knows S&P just as much as I do because he's worked there and um it wasn't the uh the bulk of it but it did play a, a prominent role into me transitioning into my my current role
0: so how do you feel about you know young attorneys um taking roles at companies that aren't legal and quasi legal should they you know see if there's opportunities that they can grow into or do you think it's a setback if they take these non-legal roles that are in-house yeah. at companies
2: I think I I came up in an era and it's not just me there's there's other um Tyrone you're one I mean you' you're, you're another <laughs> example and there's there's other there's other people that I, I can mention that I know who were able to um come up through the ranks Megan Megan oh Megan uh yeah, yeah. Kane, kane uh hampton yes uh, kane. another one yeah um, lots of
1: people at viacom actually yeah they, i mean Viacom <sighs> really is a place where people have sort of like yeah. got their start then you know expanded Ish. either stayed there or gone somewhere else so. i know
2: i know uh, i know like at least two other people that come to mind who um they didn't come through bt but they came through mtv who were um they started a career here and now mm-hmm. are vps so I feel there was a time in the game when you could do that. I mean, when I started, when I did, when I started my internship, they were like, "Don't even think about <laughs> yeah. coming in here." right now. so you're not gonna hire. We're not gonna hire. Yeah. And then I was just like, It's like they don't know my life. They don't know my life. <laughs> but but you know what it is like. I also talked myself out of it. I also said, you know what? If they don't want it, I do want to learn how to to um, eat what I kill. Mm-hmm. So I want to go out there and, and do what I want to do, and then maybe come back at some point. I just right. so in my head I was like, it's it's not the end all be all. I never set myself up to be like it's this is like if I don't make it, I'm not good. if I don't make it back, I'm that's it. So I never set myself up for that. Um, I think that's probably an extension of just like being one of those kids that you know. Your dad. You're waiting for your dad at the window, and he never comes. I'm sorry. We're not. We're not probably not supposed to come. Like go that deep. It, but psychologically, yeah. I, I mean, think psychologically,
0: a black podcast. Yeah, no, I really,
1: exactly. <laughs> so but psych- pots and color.
2: Exactly. I, but I just want to keep it real. Like yeah. this is my my psych my my psyche. Mm-hmm. This is how I, I set myself up um psychologically. But. um I never thought that this was. If I didn't get back in, it would be the end of the world. But I always was open to opportunities, and so I happen to be one of those people who were lucky. Bryant Smith is another guy who mm-hmm. was able to come through um, as an intern. So I think, I think that. But I think that era, um, I would say, at major media companies, it's changed now. Right. So now you have, um, you have fellowships. Mm-hmm. Across uh, Netflix has the lab. Yes, yeah. you know, I like think just uh, put that yeah, out Netflix. About a month ago. Yeah, Netflix has a lab. Um NBC has one. Um you know, a lot of people have not like the larger media companies. Um, and
1: what Jim Marr <clears> is actually saying is that it's basically for not even if you're coming directly out of law school, but even if you just have a couple years of experience. 1 to 3 years, I think
2: that's like what yeah. I said. 1 to 3 years. One to and three they
1: have a particular um, portion of entertainment law Mm -hmm. that um, they sort of want to teach people how to do so they could shepherd them into their company after the fellowship. Um, That's sort of what he's referring to. They call it the lab fellowship, whatever, different names, but, you know, just for entry level attorneys. And so how long were you in the coordinator role? And it sounds like you liked it.
2: From what I'm hearing so far, I, I, yeah, I love. I, let me. Like, I loved it, and I, so I'm gonna, let me wrap up that last thought. So, right. we were, we were lucky. We came in yes. an era where it was it was it was less formal, but now that that now there's a lot of formality around getting younger yeah. attorneys and 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 molding them in a specific way versus having it happen organically, and so that that's like you know I hear people talk about early hip hop era like. Funny without social media, so that's kind of how it was. It was like you were like literally like grinding, 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 and you just like found a niche. But now it's like they kind of there's systems in place that or programs in place that help younger attorneys get their their foothold in the door. So the days of when you could come in as a legal assistant or coordinator or you know or or, or, or whatever or non or i guess non- attorney role but having a, a jd, JD. Mm-hmm. is those days I, I and i'm not a i'm I, I hate to be this pessimistic but at major media right. i don't think that that's going to happen smaller companies obviously i think that there's a lot more opportunities right and i think vaynermedia is yeah. a really good yeah. place where've i've known a lot of really talented young attorneys cut their teeth and that shout out to Gary Vaynerchuk, I've always wanted to say that. I, 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 <laughs> I, I think he's dope. And I think the fact that he's actually putting um, his money where his mouth is by giving younger people a chance to. Well, to I apply there, so, he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to make sure we make this clear for young attorneys or attorneys who are not in the entertainment space, but want yeah. to be in the entertainment space. Now is not the climate to come in yeah. as a legal assistant or contractor.
2: Uh, at a at a, ma- at a at a major, major company. at a major at a yeah. major, I think there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Yeah, and I think the smaller yeah. the smaller companies and startups, I, I, so ups, can... yeah, and I and I say smaller, I don't mean that in a, in a as pejorative. I mean that as like
1: just like the old guard versus
2: right, guy. right, right, yeah, and and, and maybe sometimes maybe maybe this is the era of when it's good to go small. Yeah, because you get to do everything. I yeah. feel like you become a jack of all trades, and that's why. The experience at uh, BET was so invaluable for me it was because I was exposed to everything and exposed to top-notch legal training, but not in such a formal capacity. Just
1: so the people know, you started in S P. so let's make that clear. Yeah, s as a coordinator. Yep. Then there was a shift that happened that sort of put you on the trajectory to get to your current position. Right, right, right. What happened? Because... <laughs> I mean, I, I know because I know you, yeah, but, like, yeah. I would like everyone else to know how you parlayed that one experience and that right. chance that someone took on you to, like, right. you know, forge a whole new career right. where you're not even doing s anymore. Right. So thanks for listening to part one of our conversation with Jamar. And he had a lot of stories and a lot of information to tell. So that's why we went ahead and we gave you a part one. And we'll be continuing with part two next week. So be sure to tune in and you'll be able to hear how he made the jump from that first position of a BET coordinator all the way to becoming vice president in the legal group at Viacom Networks.
0: Have a great week and don't forget to check out our
1: social. um, That's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at at
0: Pop Law Podcast.
1: Look at us. Check out our website at poplawpodcast.com we have pop blog on there that's our blog where we post cool articles and cases that we don't get to talk about on the show because it is only a 30 minute show right. for the most part <laughs> um, and also our newsletter which is available should, should be you can go to the bottom of our website poplapodcast.com yeah, and you can subscribe there and to monthly. Patreon Patreon um, and uh, yeah, don't forget to rate and comment,
0: like and share,
1: and wherever you listen, because you know when you give us a rating on the Apple Podcast or the Spotify or the TuneIn or the Stitcher or um, iHeartMedia iHeartRadio, it helps other people find us. Help and us help you. Yes, we want to be bringing you these episodes every week if possible. <laughs>
0: So stay tuned for more pop law, us, and things we have to come in this New York summer. Yes. Until next time, please remember, we we are are not not your your attorneys.
1: attorneys.